Welcome to Unchained TV, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. You're about to hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your health, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. What an exciting show we have for you. The famed Oxford Union, a 201-year-old debating organization connected with prestigious Oxford University in England, recently voted for veganism. That's right, people. They had a debate with four people opposing veganism, four people in favor of veganism, and we're going to talk to one of the winning team members, Dr. Silas Rao. Now, uh, it looks very, very posh and very civilized, but this debate got down and dirty. It got really ugly, actually. A high point, Dr. Silas Rao, the gentleman you are going to hear from today, just take a look at his outfit. And that's not just style. There's a tremendous significance to what he was wearing when he tackled this extraordinary, extraordinary stage. Mind you, the likes of Albert Einstein have debated at the Oxford Union. Um, Ronald Reagan, Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, we understand that Richard Nixon finally admitted he made a big boo-boo with Watergate at the Oxford Union. So this is no just debate. This is the debate of all debates. And the vegans won. So we are going to hear from Dr. Silas Rao in one second. But first, why don't we start by listening to Dr. Rao at the Oxford Union debate. We want to thank Plant Based News for providing this video to us so we can bring it to you on Unchained TV. It is undeniable that human civilization has adversely impacted life support systems on the planet. Scientists have identified nine planetary boundaries that we must stay within for the sustainability of life on Earth. At the moment, we have transgressed six of them. And any one of these transgressions is enough to kill life as we know it on this planet. The good news is that when we go vegan, we help resolve all six of them. That's the power we have as individuals to reverse our existential crisis. Animal agriculture is the leading cause of ecological destruction because it uses 37% of the ice-free land area of the planet just to graze animals while bottom trawling an area of the, uh, of the ocean floor the size of South America every year. Wow, I just want to say absolutely brilliant arguments. And I do also want to say that the other side engaged in what I would call really lame and even just low. Uh, for a classy institution, it was a very low class argument on the other side. Dr. Rao, tell us all about this experience. No, it was actually amazing. You know, and I, it, the fact that they were going low, they were basically appealing to fear. 
they were appealing to, do you really want to change? You know, that sort of uh, emotion. So it was, uh, on the one side, we were dealing with facts and science, and the anti-vegan side was dealing with emotions and culture. And, um, and of course, the, the students saw through it. You know? So they voted for us. So, I, I mean, to me, it was, a, uh, it was an amazing experience. You know, the, uh, the history of it, we, we spent a couple of hours before the debate just having dinner, getting photographs, and then going through the facility, looking at the pictures of Albert Einstein and Mother Teresa and all the people who, had, who were there before us. And um, so they have all these pictures there. And it's a, it's, you can see the history, right? The, it's old buildings and uh, very well done, actually. So um, the library is beautiful. What uh, was the significance of your outfit? Yeah, the significance of my outfit was it, they wanted it all to be a black tie dinner, right? So it's a black tie. Everyone has to come in black tie. And I said, I would like to wear my traditional Indian dress. Is that okay? And they said, okay, that's fine. So I wanted to wear my traditional Indian dress to show that this is actually a worldwide movement. And we are uh, now all of us coming together from around the world to say, let's fix this together, right? So our team, if you look at the team from the, who spoke for the proposition, the vegan side, um, I was from India. Um, Disha Hegde is originally from India, but she grew up in the U UK. She was born in the UK. Uh, Joey Karpstrang is from Australia, I think. I'm not so sure, but he, he's some, from Australia or something. And uh, Chidi, Dr. Chidi Mbagwa is from Nigeria originally. So it's, so we were all from all over the world, but the other side was mostly just you know, from the UK, the well, anti-vegan side, yeah. And my, the idea behind the dress was, I mean, I actually had promised my, uh, I had gone to Indian Institute of Technology before that in, in Madras, and they had given me the shawl as a present, you know, and I promised them that I'll wear it during my uh, debate. So that's I I want to go straight to what I would consider, and we've got callers lined up, so thank you for your patience, callers. Uh, we'll get to you in a second, but we've got to establish what the issue is we're talking about here. Again, we're talking about a debate at perhaps the most prestigious debate club in the world, the Oxford Union. 6,000 members. This is 201 years old, and uh, it was originally established because there was a perceived suppression of debate and challenging of authority at Oxford University. So they created this debate club to give themselves the power to speak. And so uh, the idea that veganism, to go vegan or not go vegan, would be debated at this incredible forum is a victory in itself. But I was truly shocked by the arguments of the opposition and embarrassed for them. Let me um, play one particularly uh, disturbing, if I have to say, um, argument or debate. There's a moment where Joey Carbstrong, who is for veganism, he's a big vegan influencer, speaks. And then Katie Hopkins comes on. And, uh, well, you're just going to have to see it for yourself. It's more like a perpetual genocide, because in this case, the victims cannot fight back. 
They are truly gentle, fragile and helpless beings and humans capitalize in every twisted conceivable way off of their helplessness. And their only crime is being born into the wrong species. It's for these reasons that I truly believe, and I hope you do too, that the house and the world should go vegan. Thank you. It's the Holocaust! You eat a cow! It's the Holocaust! You murderers! He has spent his life going around abattoirs, watching animals die. And that's what vegan people call a hobby. Do you remember with or from COVID? They died with or from? Mm-hmm. Linda McCartney. She died with or from being a vegan. Death is what happens to you when you're a vegan. And they lie. They lie. They lie straight to your faces because they have a certain dress style or they have a certain doctorate or they have about one follower on Instagram. They lie to you. Nothing that they tell you is true. They even lie to themselves. The Bible says lying is one of the seven deadly sins. The Bible says if you lie, it is because you hate yourself. And that is wait. And that is true of every single vegan I know. They, they hate themselves so much, they will only suck on quinoa for sustenance. And, and my question to people who say that being vegan isn't an endpoint, it's a journey, like they're on the bloody X Factor. You know where they want that journey to end up, don't you, good people? They want you sat in the dark, sucking on the arse end of a locust. They may sell you the journey like it's an attractive thing, but the end point of your journey is not attractive. Point of information, who asked? Yes, sir. I am a slave to desire, darling. What do you have to offer? Or is that too meaty for you? I so support vegans. I love you. I want you to join together with your miserable little friends who are all short. And I want you, I want you to be happy together, sucking on your locusts. I want you to be happy. But allow me, sir, the same tolerance and respect by allowing me to sit nuzzling, eating a whole cow from head to tail, as I do on a daily basis. I think she has done more to promote veganism than any person I have ever met. And of course she lost vegans win the Oxford union debate and some of the comments, my gosh, uh, is she's auditioning for the globe. That's a funny one. Uh, oh my God. How can that crazy woman be allowed to even speak? How embarrassing, uh, is she insane? Um, you know, uh, is she doing King Lear? What was your reaction before we go to the callers? What was your reaction to this woman who is apparently a very well-known, you know, TV pundit in Britain? Right. No, my reaction was, my God, you don't have anything. You don't have anything real. You're basically appealing to fear and emotions, right? So uh, I, you know, I, after the debate, when she lost, she actually apologized to me. You know, she... She said, I'm sorry if I hurt you. And, and, uh, and I realized, I mean, she was basically putting on an act. Okay, so, uh, and she was appealing to 
to the baser instincts of people. I looked at the 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 girl in the corner, the girl in the corner of Katie Hopkins's video. She represents us. <laughs> so you can see her reactions to everything she's doing. Uh, so I mean, when she was saying it, she was attacking all of us. So to me, it was, you know, it's this is the way it is. Fine, I cannot react, uh, and I was just letting it go. Um, but uh, uh, after she lost, she she was down. I mean, she was crestfallen. You know, she was like, "Oh my God!" She had promised her audience that she's going to win. Oh wow! Well. Uh, you're a better person than I am because if I had seen her after the debate, I would have given her a piece of my mind. You know, this is not a joke. Animals being tortured to death and dying is not a joke. Right. Uh, wow. Shame on you. Let me say it. Whew. All right. We got callers. Paige in Los Angeles. Your question or thought for Dr. Rao. Yes, um, I have been a devoted disciple of Dr. Rao since 2018, and I mean that in the loveliest sense. And we're both working for our children and your grandchild. They're our bosses um, with your pinky promise to your granddaughter and my promise to my daughter to do everything possible. Does this woman have children? Does she realize that there are future generations that we, what we've done to the planet is what is causing the climate crisis and the dissolving of the planet. Does she realize this? This is my question. And Dr. Rao, how do you stay motivated and keep going? And what do you feel are uh, your intended results from this debate? Thank you so much. Yeah, for me, the, the debate was a turning point. The debate was like a, um, a mainstream affirmation of what we have been saying. So this is the, these are the students from Oxford. And they actually came to me after the debate. And, uh, and they told me that the, the speeches from the proposition side gave them a lot of hope that there is a future on this planet for them. Because a lot of young people are feeling, you know, depressed, that they don't really belong, that, that we are all going to die off. I mean, see, this is, these are the stories we've been telling them. And I really think that we as adults have a responsibility to start telling positive stories to our children, that they shouldn't feel this. Yeah, I really, um, you know, when Glenn Mercer said that the, there are six macronutrients, and he added the sixth macronutrient as optimism, I think he's right. You know, without that positivity. We don't want to live. Yeah? I mean, you have to have that positivity. So this is why, this is why uh, optimism is uh, the sixth macronutrient. And so we have to give that to our children. You know, no one told me horror stories when I was going to college. No one told me horror stories when I was in school saying you're all going to die off. But that's what our kids are being subjected to right now. You know, the, young, the younger generation going through university or schools, because it's all climate, 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 you know, and we're, oh my God, we're gonna die. And they don't do anything about it. So they're all sitting around saying, you know, what can we do? What is anyone doing about this? And here we come along and say, actually, you can solve this problem, okay? By just going vegan, you force them to solve this problem for you. And that I think was a very positive uh, message that we gave them and they took it. All right. 
Yeah. Well, let me get to the next caller. We've got uh, Nilo Farr from Dallas, Texas on the phone. Your question for Dr. Silas Rao, founder of Climate Healers and the winner, along with his incredible team, of the Oxford Union debate. Hi, Dr. Rao. Um, how were you and your team able to convince the Oxford Union to support the motion this house would go vegan? Was it ethics? health or sustainability. Um, we, you know, we saw the short clip where one of your team members gave a very powerful ethical argument mm-hmm. and you know, obviously you're the leader in the sustainability um, uh, global health project. Um, what do you think won, uh, made you win the, the house for, for vegan? Thanks. I, I really think it was all of them. You know, because there were three, uh, we, I, I made the environmental case that, and then uh, Dr. Chidi made the health case and Joey Karpstrom made the ethical case. And I think all three of us, we put our case forward. You know, it was basically facts and, uh, and uh, telling them this is what is really going on. And they could sense that the other side was just saying it's inconvenient for us. It's going to have... You're going to have make major changes in your life if you do this. And, in, and we're going to take away your, uh, your cream for your coffee if you vote for this. I mean, this is all that kind of uh, tactic, right? And the students and the Oxford Union basically they said, that's okay. <laughs> we want to make this change happen. Well, guess what? You can still have cream in your coffee. You can have soy milk. You can have right. rice milk. You can have almond milk. You can have hemp milk. You can have, you know, oat milk. I mean, there's a gazillion. I had coffee this morning. I'm not there with you, Dr. Rao, who drinks only water yet. I had coffee this morning with soy milk. And look, here I am. No sacrifice. Um, I want to play some of those arguments in a second. Let's get to our third caller and then we'll play some arguments. Annie in Sherman Oaks, your question or thought for Dr. Rao. Hi, yes. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me, Dane. And Dr. Rao, love and adore you. Everybody should join climatehealers.org. Incredible, incredible world changer. Dr. Rao, how did you manage not to laugh or say address? I would have told her, yes, the drama you're doing to, to this, you know, she acted like a loony, but also a big drama queen. The sins and everything, the suckling and all that, it really applies to us humans suckling a cow's milk. How did you contain right. yourself? What about the sins she's talking about, the rapes, the murders, the tortures of the animals? These are, oh, if you're so religious woman, why, oh, why don't you address those? You guys did an amazing job. You, you know, Dr. Thank Chitty and Joey Carstrong. Love you all, you. and thank you for what you've done. All right, Dr. Rao, and then we're going to play another clip. Yeah, I, I saw that what whatever they were saying it was it's really about themselves. It's not about us. It's, it, it's it was an argument they're having about themselves. Like when she says they lie, actually she was lying when she said that, right? And she said that this lying is one of the seven deadly sins. Actually, it is not. That's a lie. <laughs> You're right. You are right. Lying is not one of the seven deadly sins. What is it? Gluttony, lust. I mean, there's a bunch of them, but (laughs) it doesn't include lying. She was wrong about that. Yeah, it's pride, envy, gluttony, sloth, lust, anger, and greed. You know, so those are the seven deadly sins. So, I mean, and she said she eats a cow from head to tail every day. Come on, that's a lie. (laughs) 
<laughs> you can't do that. So there, there oh. were so many things that she was doing that was obviously, you know, she was talking about herself, but trying to project it on others. Well, yeah, and that's exactly what people who are pathological liars, and I'm not saying she is, but pathological liars do that. Whatever they're doing, they push it on somebody else and they accuse somebody else of doing it. And it's smoke and mirrors. It's to take away the attention from their own lives. Psychologists will tell you that. All right, let's hear some of the positive pro-vegan comments. I want to start with well, they were all strong in different ways, but Joey Armstrong, which he's a very, very well-known social media influencer who speaks passionately and eloquently about veganism. Here's what he had to say. Millions of animals massacred. And for what? A burger, a ham sandwich, a chicken wing. I bet you probably couldn't remember what you ate for lunch last week. That's how little it meant to you. But for the animals, it was all they had. Now, these numbers are unfathomable. We're talking between one and three trillion land and marine animals every year. That even if you were to believe that a human life is worth a thousand animal lives, a million animal lives, when we crunch the numbers, we surely should have reached the threshold to which you would consider our treatment of animals up there with the worst of moral crimes. If you don't, I'm sure the animals would see it that way. You see, it's easy to look at an issue from our perspective and say it just doesn't matter. But as famous animal rights lecturer Gary Orofsky once said, when you're the victim, things look a lot differently from that angle. If an atrocity like this were taking place to humans on such a scale, it would be the new Holocaust on steroids. But the animal Holocaust isn't new. The systematic domination, enslavement and mass killing of animals has taken place at least since the dawn of agriculture. And we've become more efficient at confining and terrorizing animals with the rise of factory farming in the 1920s. Animals were the first to be enslaved, the first to be systematically slaughtered and the only victims to ever be served in a modern university cafeteria with no one batting an eye. For as long as non-human animals have been oppressed, they still are to this day, persecuted, treated like nothing, their charred bodies chewed up, digested and flushed down the toilet. The utter disregard and contempt for these sentient beings is unmatched. But why are their lives disregarded? <clears throat> well, just like racism or any other form of discrimination, it all starts in the mind first. Speciesism, you might have heard this term before. Similar to racism, it's essentially discrimination based on species alone. Dr. Rao, there's 6,000 students who are members of the Oxford Union. These are the creme de la creme, the vegan creme de la creme maybe now. What was their reaction to the arguments? Because that is one good speech that Joey Carbstrong gave. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, he, people were spellbound, actually, with our speeches, you know, and uh, Joey Carbstrong really held them. Uh, he was telling them, relentlessly what is going on to the animals and why we should consider that as a, an atrocity, probably the greatest atrocity ever. But we, you know, when we overcome this atrocity, we look back on this and say, that was the moment when we saw through it. We saw through what was going on and we stepped through this hole for the side of justice, okay? Wow. So I think this is, this is a dramatic um, debate. It was a dramatic debate. I, uh, I felt like, you know, it's worth it. All the preparation we did for a month and a half, I was working on the speech, you know, and um, Kimaya came there and my wife came there and Kimaya's parents came there. 
because uh, I realized that this was a very pivotal moment in our road to 2026, the Vegan World 2026. And by the way, if you want to know more about Vegan World 2026, you can watch on Unchained TV, the world's only vegan streaming network, which is free for you to download uh, right on your phone. There it is. You can also get it on your Samsung TV, which is behind me. You can also get it if you have an Amazon Fire Stick, an Apple device, or a Roku device, or you can just go to UnchainedTV.com and go right into the portal. But we have Countdown to Year Zero, a documentary that I did about Dr. Silas Rao that explains why we have to switch to a vegan culture globally by 2026, or we are going to literally pass the point of no return in terms of uh, the climate apocalypse that is fast approaching. So really, the clock is ticking. Uh, all right. One more caller. We've got Michael in Los Angeles. Your question or thought for Dr. Silas Rao. Yes. Hi. You know, this is such a great way to get the vegan message across to the younger generation. And my question was, are there any plans to take your team on the road to maybe other colleges or universities? Thank you. Oh, we would love to do that. We would love to do that. Uh, we have, uh, we're in uh, discussions with uh, the students at UCLA. We're asking, you know, at least there should be uh, there should be at least one major U.S. university where a similar debate needs to happen, in my opinion. And likewise, you know, in every country, uh, there should be at least one premier institution in that country that examines this seriously, so that the people in that country can say, "Okay, now we have to move." Uh, I can tell you that the vegan movement in the U.K. is is humming. I mean, it's buzzing. It's really uh, going very, very fast. So uh, when I go to the UK, I feel like a yeah, vegan world by 2026 is possible. It is absolutely going to happen. Okay. Well, I want to say, just talking about universities, we just posted on Unchained TV a video about the UCLA Veg Fest. UCLA held its very first Veg Fest just the other day. We had a booth there, Unchained TV did, and we also did a whole story. And they want to take the Veg Fest to every university and even high schools around the United States. So you should get together. I'm going to connect you with some of those student organizations like Lives Without Knives and Animal Welfare Alliance of UCLA, because you're right, UCLA would be a perfect place to have the next debate. I don't know if everybody's going to show up in black tie <laughs> and hopefully Katie Hopkins will not be part of the <laughs> entourage. But I mean, that would be absolute. Would you be interested in doing that, Dr. Rao? Absolutely. We would love to have a debate where I want to hear the argument, serious arguments from the other side. Are there any serious arguments? Yes or no? If you don't have any serious arguments, then what are we debating? You know, yeah. we should all be doing it, right? We should all be going vegan. So... We need yeah. to establish that, yeah. I'm going to connect you as soon as we get off this Zoom with uh, some of those organizations. They're, they really, they they pulled off an amazing, amazing veg fest at UCLA. And their motto is, take it everywhere. So this could be part of that. All right, we've got another caller. Wow, we got two more. Liz in San Diego. Hey there, Jane. Hi, Dr. Rao. I just want to acknowledge Dr. Rao's incredible ability at manifestation. I've been zooming into the Million Vegan Grandmothers meetings since last summer, and I remember conversations about this debate concept 
kicking around ideas, where to do it, how to do it. And look at the home run that was scored, debating in the ultimate debate house of all time, winning the debate. I knew he was going to do it. Congratulations. I just want to acknowledge Dr. Rao's incredible manifestation ability from taking an idea and a concept to reality and then hitting a home run. So love you guys. Looking forward to connecting again soon. Thank you for what you do. Wow. Love you, Liz. Love you, Liz. I actually want to say that she, Liz was the one who said, go debate at universities. You know? Whoa. Yeah. Really? You were trying to get Al Gore to debate us, you know, or uh, Bill McKibben to debate us. And they were all saying they didn't want to do it. So, uh, and then Liz was the one who said, go debate at universities. And then we got the Oxford University opportunity. Wow. We've got Sam in Pasadena. Your question or thought for Dr. Silas Rao. Sam. Hello. Hi. Hi, Jane. Hi, Dr. Rao. Thank you so much for delivering such a powerful and awesome speech at the Oxford University. Thank you for this awesome win. I have a question for you. Do you have any advice for people looking to improve their debate skills, uh, especially uh, you know, when, when talking about veganism? Thank you. Oh, uh, speaking from the heart, you know, telling your story. And uh, these are the things that make you authentic as a debater. And when you're authentic, it shows and people feel it. They, they know it. They know that you're speaking from the heart. And so you're, it, really it's about connection with the people, the audience, and then, um, and, and then they'll come along, you know? So that's what I would say. Just, just tell your story, speak from the heart. And in, in my case, I had to stay within a 10 minute limit. So I had wrote it all down, you know, so I didn't want to miss anything. So I was reading a speech. Normally, I speak extempore. I don't, I don't uh, uh, write things down. But then I may miss something. Right? So I wanted to make sure that this time I got everything done. So. You did a great job. And again, I know it might sound superficial, but I just loved your outfit. <laughs> I, I mean, I really do think because, you know, we can talk about this on the other side. We have to take a, a, a brief break, but we're going to stay live uh, right here. So don't go anywhere. But this is all part of the meat and dairy industry is also commerce colonialism. There's a whole argument to be made. So by you wearing your traditional Indian garb, you're making a statement there too. All right. We're going to take a very short break on voice America radio, but we're going to stay live on unchained TV, the streaming network, as well as all of our socials. So stay right there. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Get Unchained. Tune in every Wednesday for Unchained TV on the Voice America Variety Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and the founder of the Unchained TV free streaming network, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Unchained TV, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Unchained TV. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email in to jane at unchainedtv.com. Now, back to the show. All right, you're just looking at a screen grab. Thanks to Plant-Based News for providing the videos of the Oxford Union debate for us. And uh, people are really jazzed. Uh, Makes me so happy. Thank you for giving us hope. I hope you're talking about the Unchained TV app and the Oxford Union debate. Um, somebody says, Silesh looks like a vegan priest. Al Gore has interests in cattle ranching. Al Gore didn't want to debate. Laugh my ass off. Uh, huge success. People are just super, super jazzed that you won this debate. And uh, I believe you should definitely take it to every university. Oh, we Let's start out with a caller. Jose in Texas, your question or thought for Dr. Rao. First off, I just want to say thank you, you know, thank you for letting me speak, and also congratulations on, on this momentous victory. Um, it was incredible to see you know, all you guys talk, and you know, I'm a big fan of Joey, big fan of uh, your, all your work. Um, I just want to say, I have to ask, like, what, do you, what do you feel like um, you want to see more of to really accelerate the, the vegan movement into the future? You know? Good question, Dr. Rao. Yeah, I, I want uh, more discussion in the media about how urgent the situation is because they're only scaring people with climate change and saying you all have to go by, by electric cars to solve the problem. That doesn't solve the problem. I mean, we're not being serious here. So I say we have to you know, look at uh, all of our environmental issues that are giving us the timeline. See, if you're doing it for health, you could say, look, I'm feeling fine now, so I don't have to do it right away. Right. You could say ethics, you could say, well, we have been hurting animals for 10,000 years. So what's the problem with waiting another three, 10 years to hurt? We can continue doing it. But the environment is telling us you better do it by this time. Okay? You better do it by this time. Otherwise, you're going to hit a point of no return. And that's giving us the timeline. This is why Vegan World 2026 is so important. I want that story to be told by the media. I want that story to be told by everyone so that it becomes common knowledge. It's as if there is a fire in our home, and I use that analogy now, you know. There are six fires on our planetary home, and people are walking around saying, where is my coffee? And I said, what are you talking about? You've got a fire in your home. 
forget about looking for coffee just get the kids out of there you know that's what you would do right when you have a fire in your home you would say what is most important to us life is most important to us our children are most important to us children of all species are more important to us than than getting the next uh, you know award from somewhere no i don't care about any of that anymore you know i want to get get life to survive to thrive on this planet okay? and that's the kind of urgency that we need to have yeah we are going to hit points of no return by 2026 from multiple angles whether it is from a biodiversity perspective or from a climate perspective these are all the different fires that are going on on the planet so well, let me, yeah let me say this one of the things that also struck me as you said there were there were very few really no serious arguments here's another one that just boggled my mind that the opposition was that it was inconvenient for her mm-hmm. yeah it is near impossible to reach a, tot- a a point of total morality so people are just going to pick the side that is most convenient for them anyway i think it's quite clear that if i came home this vacation and announced that i would no longer not just be eating meat but no cow's milk no honey no eggs no cheese and so on not only would i have to endure a lot of teasing and a traitor stamp on my forehead but i'd also have to shop and cook for myself and opt out of a system where i don't spend the dregs of my student loan on a quinoa it, you may think that these are sort of funny and insignificant little arguments but they speak to a wider truth that switching to veganism just isn't realistic or desirable for most people I mean a 5-year-old could answer that. A it's perfectly convenient. I don't know what you had, but today I had tacos with some vegan chicken from Gardein with hot sauce, uh with a salad that had lettuce and a little onion and some chickpeas and uh boy did I have a lot for lunch and then some um fried potatoes that I fried up in the air fryer. Now it sounds like a lot but it was a very nice dish. It was basically uh, a wrap with a side of salad. Now, oh, that's such a terrible inconvenience. No, it's not. And the idea that she is at the most prestigious debate forum in the world saying that she's opposed to something that could save our planet because she would have to cook her own food. I mean, I'm actually embarrassed for them and I'm not even saying that in a snarky way. Well, it was you know all if you notice all the opposition uh, arguments are all about me me me. Yes. And we were talking about, you know, what is our role, our responsibility to them, to others. Uh how, how do we contribute more to the planet? right how so we were looking at others and they were looking at me 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 and that was a major divide in the debate and i think that's what's going to happen in the other debates too if we go and debate others uh, because the arguments against veganism are all about me you know i may be inconvenienced i i i doesn't taste good for me it's all about me and yeah that's but i think this this is uh, interesting to point out right yes but it is about us it is in our self interest she's sort of arguing that it's something that people are doing for a higher moral purpose but it's not in our self interest but as the doctor who spoke in favor of the vegan argument explains it is in our interest to adopt a plant based diet for our own health then they discovered when they put all the evidence together they said that the more meat is and dairy products you have in your diet 
the greater your risk of cancer. Now, the people doing the surveys were not vegetarians or vegans. I used to be an orthopedic surgeon. I used to replace people's hips. And my professors would say to all of those old ladies, look, go and eat as much cheese, drink as much milk, your bones will get stronger. That is absolutely the opposite of the truth. The more of these big proteins you have in your diet, swelling around in your bloodstream, the more acidic your blood becomes. If, you, if your blood is acidic, you need calcium to neutralize it. Where do you get the calcium from? It comes from the bones. In this country, we have weaker bones than the people in certain countries where their diets are pretty much animal product free. I thought he did a great job explaining the health benefits because you know, right. people who uh, ignore this information do so at their own peril. Yeah, the, the beauty of the system, that's nature, is that you know, when, you start, when you start thinking about the animals and you say, I'm going to do things for others, you actually help yourself too. The beauty of it is, you know, uh, in, in, the highest form of self-interest is actually doing things for others. When you do things for others, you get better. <laughs> you know, this is the beauty of nature. And, uh, and I think that's what he was pointing out. You know, it's actually good for us, even though we think it's uh, uh, inconvenient to begin with. We've got another caller, Tiffany in Los Angeles. Your question or thought for Dr. Rao, uh, the winner of the Oxford Union debate. Would this house go vegan? Yes, it would. And it did. Go ahead. Oh, I love this. Dr. Rao, um, can you tell us a little bit more about your organization and how we can support you? Thank you. Sure. So the organization that uh, we have, we, um, I started this in 2007. It's called Climate Healers. And you can go to climatehealers.org and you will see, and, and we have a For You tab. If you click on the For You tab, you'll see all the things you could do. There's a calendar there which shows, a, shows you all the meetings that we have. So we get together. In a, the, it's, there's a large core team uh, at Climate Healers, and we get together and we organize convergences every quarter. We are basically, um, our primary motivation is to get to a vegan world as quickly as possible, definitely before 20, the end of 2026. My granddaughter's 16th birthday, which is November 19th, 2026, and she has told me she wants a vegan world by then. And whatever she says has always happened. So <laughs> my job is to make it happen for her. I'm very excited. You just had a convergence. I was very honored and delighted to speak at the convergence along with some other notables like uh, Doc, uh, Dotsie Bausch, the vegan Olympian who did an incredible, incredible job. You know, uh, we're, we're only got a few minutes. I want to go back to, um, actually, we have another pro. This was a woman who is, I believe, connected to the Oxford Debate Club, maybe in a leadership position uh, or was at the moment that she spoke. And she is in favor of veganism. I believe she is an unabashed vegan. There's no animal that drinks milk past infancy. Babies drink milk from their mothers until they're toddlers. And for some reason after that, society tells us that we need to move to cow's milk, 
which is meant for a baby cow. Now, when does a cow start producing milk? After it's pregnant. I say that because for some reason, people seem to think that cows just magically keep producing milk. They don't. Um, now, of course, farms aren't leaving a cow and a bull in a room together with some candles and music. Um, <laughs> no, they are artificially inseminating cows so that we can produce the billions of litres of milk that the industry needs. Now, after the cow gives birth, what happens next? If they're male, they are separated, taken, usually killed straight away because they don't have much of a use uh, for the industry. And if they're female, the calf will grow up to suffer the same fate as its mother. Now, of course, there are obvious ethical issues here. And I'm aware that not everyone is convinced by the case that on a moral level, this is simply wrong. For some reason, we consider animals to be less intelligent and therefore less deserving of our empathy which doesn't really make sense. I mean, there are lots of unintelligent humans, but you wouldn't want to go around, you know, eating Piers Morgan or eating Katie Hopkins, for example. <laughs> but on a fundamental level, animals want to live. They feel pain, they feel suffering, and just because we can do something doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. But if that hasn't convinced you, this is also really bad for you. It means that the cow's milk that we buy is what's known as stress milk. I want to end by saying that in the absence of necessity, there is also the absence of justification. In our world today, we do not need to eat meat or dairy. And all it does is bring more suffering, not only to ourselves, but also to the environment and also to the poor animals who are going through this. Oh, I just loved her. Her speech was great. And she had that funny line about just because you can eat doesn't mean you would want to eat Piers Morgan or Katie Hopkins. Katie Hopkins was the one with the vile, nasty, right. dark, almost demonic uh, presentation. Um, now, Tell us about the vote. What was the vote? Uh, I have it written down somewhere, but it was pretty overwhelming. And also who that lady was. Oh, yeah. So we owe her a lot for, for this debate to happen. We owe her and uh, Charles Fraser was the one who connected us with Oxford Union. And uh, so she's Disha Hegde. And she's the, she was the president of the Oxford Union um, during that term. Uh, Michaelmas term. So they change their presidents every term. They change their office holders every term. So there's an election every term. So she was the president and she was a vegan. She, was, she had been vegan for four years. And she's the one who said, we were debating whether, we were asking whether it should be called this house would go plant-based or should this house would go vegan. And she said, we have to do vegan. Okay. So she insisted it should be vegan. And uh, the incoming president who is now the president in this quarter, I think it's called the Hillary term, uh, is Hannah Edwards. And she was on the other side. She was arguing against the proposition. We've and got a little bit of her. So what I would like to do is play a little bit of her. You know, by the way, this went on a long time. So we picked clips. Uh, but here's the one who's the new president. And she was arguing against veganism. It may include clips of some other people, but... She's the blonde, and she is most of this clip. 
You eat a cow. It's the Holocaust. You murderers. When you're the victim, things look a lot differently from that angle. With this house, against all our instincts and better judgment, go vegan. When I googled what do people think about vegans in preparation for this debate, the results that came up were, why do people hate vegans, the war on vegans, the science of why people hate vegans, and vegophobia, which I had never heard of. We've even seen high-profile cases where vegans have been discriminated against. William Sitwell was ex-editor of Waitrose magazine, and he had to resign after an email was leaked where he joked about killing vegans one by one. NatWest Bank faced a scandal when a customer calling to apply for a loan was told by an employee that all vegans should be punched in the face. Wow. Uh, again, another ridiculous, absurd, and not to the point argument. And that's not what you get when you look up vegan. She selectively, selectively chose things that she thought might be funny. They seem to be resorting to sort of callous, sophomoric humor, Dr. Rao. It, it was uh, it was actually appealing. They were trying to appeal to the students, saying, "Don't go there, then you'll be looked down upon by society." And blah blah blah. You know, that was the that was I think that was the motivation for what she was trying to do. Um, but obviously, you know, she lost. So, <laughs> so and uh, they lost one twelve to eighty four. That was the score. Though I heard from people that the line for because the way they do the tabulation of the votes, you they divide the door in two. So they put a pole in the door. And if you go to the left of the pole, you're voting no. If you go to the right of the pole, you're voting yes. And uh, people told me that the line for the yes was so long that people at the back said, hey, they're going to win anyway, and they walked out the no door. So it was, despite that, it was 112 to 84. Wow. So I, I, what we've gotten out of this conversation, we only have a few minutes, is that Essentially, you're going to try to take this on the road, which I think would be absolutely fantastic. And I'm going to hook you up with the fabulous vegan student organizations at UCLA. They're very organized and uh, they're all about spreading the word. And yeah. uh, so I think this is a great way to reach the up and coming generation. First of all, I also think they're a little out of touch because I think for younger people, it's very cool and in to be vegan. It's not out. Frankly, they sound like their grandparents. These are young people who seem trapped in, you know, an Agatha Christie uh, movie. I, I don't get it. Uh, because if you look at the cool factor, the cool factor is vegan. And so I don't know. I honestly think it was just that they didn't have any good arguments. I yeah. mean, if you don't have any good arguments, you you just go with what you can go with. There are no good arguments against veganism. Absolutely. I really think that was what happened. You know, they, they didn't have any good arguments. And they also felt, they also feel like they can openly attack vegans and not be, you know, dragged out of the room for doing that. I mean, if Katie Hopkins had said, you know, all black people are short. She would have been pulled out of there, right? No, no one would have tolerated that. But she was saying all vegans are short. All vegans have small members and things like that. You know, she was going on and on about uh, physical characteristics. And uh, so, and she was trying to scare people. You know, if you do this, you're going to, your hair is going to fall off and this sort of thing, right? This is the kind of thing that people 
try to do to scare people from from adopting something that makes sense to them and um, so yeah it's highly unscientific from that perspective but uh, let me ask you about another issue we only have a couple of minutes i'd like to ask you personally were you nervous when you had to get up there knowing everything that was riding on it um how did you handle that? For people who have to, you know, if we're going to do this at every university, it might always, not always be you and Joey Carbstrong, who is, you know, a trained speaker. But were you nervous? And how did you handle that, if so? No, I wasn't nervous. I mean, see, I'm fortunate because when uh, when I was going to school, my dad uh, asked me to get join the debate club. He asked me to join. Uh, so I was doing all these. I used to go to schools and do these debates. And uh, as a result, I lost my fear of public speaking. Okay, so for me, it's you know I'm telling you what my story, and if you don't like it, fine. If you like it, fine. <laughs> so, so I always had that attitude, and uh, it's I, I'm thankful to my dad for making me do that when I was a kid because then I was scared. As a child, I was scared to do it, but after you do the fifteenth debate, the twentieth debate, you get used to it. Yes. And uh, to answer this question, nobody's saying there's anything wrong with being short. The woman who said that was doing it offensively as if there was something uh, wrong with being short. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just so impressed by all of this. And it does give me hope. People, one of the reasons we started Unchained TV is that the mainstream media does not tell this. And I went and looked for what well, what stories do we have on this? And I found plant based news and some other a uh, publication that um, is basically one of the speakers wrote a little there. It should have been in the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Daily Mail, uh, the Daily Mirror, the Sun Magazine. By the way, Unchained TV is in all of those uh, publications with the exception of the New York Times. Uh, this week, due to our show, At Home with the Jenners, we hope you download our app and check out that very fun show, At Home with the Jenners, starring Brandon Jenner and his wife, Kaylee Jenner, and they are plant-based and they are inviting people into their Malibu home to cook vegan. And it's a, it's a delightful show. So we've gotten massive publicity, but it was the celebrity factor that brought that publicity in. Uh, vegans are trying to break through uh, the mainstream media blackout on animal rights and veganism. And that's why we started Unchained TV, the, the vegan streaming network. So, that win at the Oxford Union is just one more example of how they won this spectacular win and there's no mainstream media reporting on it. And that's truly offensive. It's an abrogation of uh, journalistic responsibility. And we're here to fill in the gap. So thank you for watching. Uh, Dr. Rao, I just want to say you're my hero. I remember I first heard you speaking in Texas at a cattle ranch turned vegan animal sanctuary, the Rowdy Girl Sanctuary. And you said, we are going to go vegan and we're going to do it by 2026. And I was transformed. I was like, finally, somebody saying that we're going to do this and giving us a deadline. And that's when I really jumped in to uh, your movement. And we did a documentary called Countdown to Year Zero. It's on, it's on Amazon Prime, but it's also on Unshade TV. I urge you to watch it because if we are going to achieve a vegan world by 2026, all of you have to get busy. Okay, it's great to be vegan, right. but be vegan plus be an activist. 
that's what we urge you to do. Thank you so much, Dr. Silas Rao. Check out climatehealers.org. Learn more about everything this extraordinary individual is doing to save our planet by 2026. See you next time here on Unchained TV. Thank you for tuning in to Unchained TV. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.